Welcome to your Fam Damley bonus episode, Extra Time with Dave. We are bringing you this special dave episode because we had so much good content from our visit with Dave that we couldn't possibly fit it into one single episode. So this is going to be somewhat different from our usual episodes with little transitions between our conversations with Dave. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have a great day. I think our closest equivalent would be Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which is, I think she's also like 92 and she's in our, she's a Supreme Court Justice. Supreme Court Justice. Yeah. Not quite the same. She's, if I remember right, she's a, uh, she's from uh, Jewish immigrant parents in New York, but she's not religiously Jewish herself, is that right? Mm -hmm. And she's, she's considered on the liberal wing of the judiciary, but... She's not slavish, so she tries to get the best decision and not to right. be too political in her right. decisions. Right. That's that's my interpretation of her. I think you got it. She's like the op- is she, is she, she's the sort of counterpart of Sandra Day O'Connor. They all have they have to have three names. <laughs> yes. And uh, so she so Sandra Day O'Connor sort of on the right a little bit, but not too much, and they sort of balance one another out. I can't claim to be too informed, but that does sound right. Right. I was going to say what I love about this. David goes above and beyond to to learn all that he can about the area in which he lives, not only Wisconsin Rapids, but the U.S. The level of of informed that you are shames me often. (laughs) It's beautiful and it is admirable and I should do better. This is why he's a perfect stand-in for Justin, because it's the same thing. Justin, I hope you're listening. <laughs> yeah, the level of politically informed that Justin is, indeed. indeed. Right. I mean, that's what he's known for. Right, right. Yeah. Well, um, as far as I'm concerned, if you move to a place, it behoves you to learn about it. I totally agree that it is important and that you should learn about it. And so I go out and I read about it and I learn about it and I de- I form my opinion based off the, you know, doing as much as I can to find as much quality information, not just BS opinions and stuff. So I form my opinion and immediately after that, everything else I've learned beyond my opinion, I can't remember it anymore. Like I just, <laughs> the, I, I don't have the type of memory that will retain any of that information and so people will ask me why I feel the way I feel and be like I don't know I can't argue this point and so I know that I feel the way I feel because I've done the research but unfortunately I cannot back it up and so I don't get into debates with people I bite my tongue because I feel like I'm doing a disservice to my views if I cannot you know properly represent or debate them and so this ties somehow to the point that he was making about moving somewhere and learning the the ways of the, the new I absolutely would I love it there's nothing I love more than going to different places and learning about them learning about the people how they live how they operate I think it's fascinating and wonderful I I love cross-cultural learning and understanding fertilization cross-cultural oh, fertilization yeah, absolutely yeah. and then some but unfortunately I do not have the type of of mind that will hold on to any of that information like the wise I could I could quote you show tunes from that I heard like once in fifth grade, I can hold on to any of that nonsense till I die. You could even sing them. Yeah, I can. See, now that's interesting. See, that does not, I don't struggle with that at all. <gasps> I have a strategy for me that just really works and that's just never move. Like, I just always <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. You're so wise. <laughs> So there is, there is. I can see where you do that, and it's it's very sensible. But there is one problem with that. Uh-huh. It means that once you arrive at their views, you then remove the possibility of developing or changing. Oh no, no, no! I mean, I look into it again when it when it's clearly enough time has passed where things are changing, and I I can clearly identify that I don't know what's going right. on. I will take the time to look into things again. It's just that you know. With life, you get very busy and you do all these other things. And so all these other things crowd into my head. So, like, I I do understand and I will stop and I will take the time because it aggravates me to um, run into people who will argue these points that they have no solid information on. And I don't want to be one of those people. So I make the effort to get the information and to have a clear understanding of both sides, both viewpoints, to develop my opinions 
But after that, I can't hold on to it. I can hold on to the opinions, and I know that I did the research to get there, but I can't hold on to the sources. For what it's <laughs> worth, like, Kelly, I have found, this is my personal experience, is that you can be really informed and have all the facts. Uh-huh. You will not convince people. You might, yeah, you might over the time, they might change their minds. But like in the moment, they're just going to steadfastly defend their point, yeah. and they will not be convinced. But there are some people who are so exceptional with the information that they have and can so beautifully represent a point. Like, please let me walk you down this road of understanding. And they can do it so wonderfully. And they're like, let me point you to this occurrence and this occurrence. It's not like they're jamming it down your throat. They're I think not the people screaming. who do it most effectively are the ones who aren't outright trying to convince you. They might tell you a story yeah. that's like an allegory or something like that that makes you make Maybe it makes you see something differently, but they aren't trying to say, and here's the moral and you must now change your opinion on something. No, I know. I just, I admire your ability to retain all that information. And I admire someone who can, because you are someone, I think, who I've seen really clearly. Sing show tunes? That as well. David is a, is a fine singer and well, loves you. show tunes, which I appreciate about <laughs> him a great deal. But you're someone who's always been really able to succinctly make your point. Thank because you. you are able to cite uh, information that you gathered somewhere else or historical factoids and stuff. Like, you just have this very powerful memory for things like that. And I admire that, and well, I can't do it. Well, I appreciate <laughs> like, at that. All. Thank you. That's very kind. But I have found that my views have been changed on things recently. Hmm. And, I, and I was quite pleased because I was sort of thinking that I had become set in my ways okay. and that my views were immutable. And I was sort of worrying, you know, is this right that I should always feel this way on this topic and this topic and that topic and then I found there was a a particularly controversial topic that came up and yes good old Facebook I made a post on (laughs) and um, I later had to go go back and change it because I was saying why should this be the case and someone came up and said well don't you realize that this happened and this happened it was something I didn't know about it was something I was ignorant about before and it really completely changed my views on it but I think to do that you have to listen to the people who maybe don't hold the same views as Mm -hmm. you because otherwise you've got no chance of revising and that is one of the big criticisms of Facebook is that it tends to be an echo chamber because a lot of people don't have that maturity and when someone presents a conflicting point of view you're like I just unfriend you I don't want to see what you share or block so it's a level of maturity that you were displaying the point I was making earlier about how you can't convince most people that is my experience with online discussions like you but the the point of a lot of what happens online is that for it to be something that people will share it has to move them emotionally Mm -hmm. and often that means that the people say this is wonderful or this is terrible i identify with this right and they will usually be on one side of the Mm -hmm. other of a very emotive argument because if it's not on either side it's in the bucket of i don't really care so david i have to ask when someone presented those differing viewpoints to you were they done in an aggressive and heated manner, or was it in a concise, well, let it, me let me tell you about this. Here's something you may not know. It was actually presented to me by somebody whom I respect, somebody yeah. who I knew wasn't ignorant. Yes. And then having read what she had written, I then went and researched the subject okay. a little more. Mm-hmm. And then I, I thought, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Okay. And it explains why things are as they are. And, you know, a lot of it is because I don't come from this country. So a lot of the background yeah. are things that I just don't know. You know, you've got to... I, I've been here nearly 10 years now. I've built up a lot of information. Mm-hmm. But there's still some things that you don't know unless you grow up here. And I don't know if this is true overseas, but here it seems like everything's a team sport. You're either on this side or this side. And there's no, like, there's no shades of gray. No one but, yeah, black and white. It is, it's becoming like that the world over. Okay. And one of the things that's leading to that is social media and the Mm -hmm. phenomenon I was referring to where people share something if it's something which is divisive. Yeah, that's true. And the the team sport thing is, I think, lazy because people don't have to inform themselves. They just decide, all right, I'm going to be on this side. Because the people I like are on the side, so I'm just going to take this point. Well, but that, that's not true if you would like to support this different party, but everyone's telling you that vote is worthless. You're throwing that vote away. If you support this alternative thing, then you're going to make no difference. Yes, I'm glad you're interested in that, but if you support this, the other guy could win. 
I mean, it also makes it feel you like a hopeless. You do hear that every election cycle. But you do. You know what's interesting? So that's um, not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't peg that up to laziness. I would peg it up to like you feeling like you don't have. You feel like it's a strategy, maybe. Yeah. But you know, at what point do you say? If we always have this mindset, nothing ever changes. And so the interesting thing that happened this last election cycle is you had someone who was not, you know, strictly red or strictly blue. He was, uh, well, probably more blue in the Bernie Sanders. He was the, probably what you're talking about, where he's like, he's not one of the two main teams, Democrat or Republican. He's outside. So maybe don't vote for him because it's not going to mean anything. It's just going to throw it away. But now you saw that there was so many people who did vote for him that People start to question, well, maybe we need to move, if we're on the Democratic side, more left because there's apparently a lot of interest there. I thought he ran Democrat, though, and the, that's he kind of Democrat, why the Electoral he, College was like, no, I don't think so, because he wasn't a true Democrat. He, he ran Democrat in the primary yeah. because, you know, they don't have a independent primary that I'm aware of. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, they um, don't, as far as I But know. if anybody were to say, like, I think, I forget what's, what, is it no. New Jersey that he's the uh, senator for? Yes. Okay. He's listed as independent. Yes. So, I mean, he is technically independent, even yes. if he ran in the Democratic primary. This is not a political show. This is just, I was just saying this is what happened. No, I, I think you're right. And I think this, I think a lot of, a lot of the, um, the traction that was gained by our current president was the fact that he came from outside the political system. Yes. Exactly. And was at one time a Democrat. Right. Um, but this also leads to the rise of the libertarians. And the libertarians seem to be, gaining ground. I don't know whether that's something which is going to be significant. I suspect that under the current system, people will vote tactically and they'll think the libertarian, although I can, I, you, you'd hope that people would vote with what they think is the right thing to do. Yes. But of course they have to vote tactically because they don't necessarily want somebody else to be in. But it does seem to be another symptom of the like disenfranchisement of people saying strictly Democrat or strictly Republican. We want an outsider. Okay. So I was listening to Stuff You Should Know. But they were talking about instant runoff voting that a couple states have now enacted, where it is a level of voting instead of black or white, instead of I vote for this guy as opposed to this guy. It's I vote for this guy. If that guy doesn't get it, my second choice would be this guy. My third choice would be this guy. It's Um, a form of proportional representation. It is a form of voting that I would love to see. I I think it would much better represent the views of the people at a whole or the wishes. That's what we had uh, introduced when we our elected mayor for for Greater London, which we've only had for about 20 years. Mm -hmm. And... It, it did give some some surprising results because you do see that people would vote for some of the fringe candidates, some of yeah. the extremists. Well, you know, it's funny, this last election, people who wanted to vote for Bernie ended up voting Trump. So if they had had a, a ballot like that, they might have listed Bernie first and Trump second. Right. Even though they're totally different sides of the political spectrum, they both shared the fact that they were outsiders. They wanted, they didn't want the establishment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That could be an interesting system. But, you know, it seems like the current political system has got a lot of things built in to keep it this, the way it is. Right. Vested uh, interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the vested interests go beyond uh, Washington. It's not just the politicians. It's their parties. It's the lobbyists. It's the companies that sponsor the parties. And I suppose a lot of the local parties as well, you know, all over the country. I suppose you could say that the political system is gerrymandered. Mom doesn't even like cooking. She doesn't like cooking. She likes to bake, though. She likes baked goods. She likes oh, okay. cakes and she likes cookies and stuff. So, like, and Grandma Langer liked to bake as well. So, I just, you know, we didn't come from a family that my, was. My siblings know, and myself, none of us are cooks. We are not. Oh, no. Casey cooks for her family all the time now, but James taught her. Oh, okay. Well, I suppose she's at home all the time. She married a man who cooks, and then um, he would cook for the family, and then their roles came to or it came to a point where he could not be home to cook and so he gave her some recipes to do that he would do for the family and then he gave her more recipes and she got she's uh from what i understand she's she's very quite, dedicated when yeah. she puts her mind to something yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean she was a uh, like usually employee of the month wherever she worked but after having four kids one of them had to stay at home yep and it was casey stepped up to the plate decided to be a stay-at-home mom and so i guess she committed herself to learning to cook too mm-hmm. so that's good good kudos to her yeah. I imagine if I was in a similar situation, I would teach myself to cook. I have cooked before. I can do it. It's just, I think of it like an engineer. I can. I'm not passionate about it. I no, love good food. No, I no. love eating, but I'm not passionate about cooking, mostly because I hate dishes. So I'm very slow because I have the measuring cups and I get the exact <laughs> amount of each ingredient. And but that's important. It is. It is actually, it makes, yeah. It makes a big difference if you can actually follow a recipe. We had a family member who liked to just guess. Like a clove of garlic. 
Instead of a head of garlic, <laughs> yes, they'd take the directions as suggestions or recommendations and would not follow them precisely. Yes. And but experience tells you what you can, you can't change. So if you're making a cake, you can you can change the amount of experience, sugar. Experience, if you have a strong memory, teaches you right. what you can and cannot change. Any rich. You- like history of experience, like mm-hmm. where you've actually done this a lot. Right, mm-hmm. but, you, but this but you, individual a notebook also works. Just have a recipe book that you write in. It, it would, you would think, but even following a recipe, people reading this recipe, this particular individual would interchangeably use like, <laughs> like garlic powder and I don't have that. Salt. I didn't read the. I didn't read. The, I didn't read the recipe ahead of time, so I will just. I'll just guess. salt and powder. I mean, salt is a powder, right? So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just make. You just have a, you have a box of snacks though, don't you? Those are nice. Oh yeah, I do. We're not talking about me. I have I do have snacks. I am quite fastidious when it comes to recipes, or I will go to internets and find the appropriate replacements or substitutions because I've had an experience with Mm. inappropriate replacements and or substitutions. Mm -hmm. I will not put my daughter through that. That's me. I'm I'm the inappropriate replacement. No, it's like it's like Justin never left. (laughs) It's like he's. Oh, I, yeah, I forgot no, I that you were someone you're else. You're so sparkly, I can't even... Yeah. Well, I do appreciate that. Thank you. You probably won't get a deposit back. I wasn't bothered in the least. Oh, because they suck. And of all the people it could have happened to, I couldn't think of any better. So that was great. High fives. Thank Yay, you. No Thank you. No, I hope that's not the case. I cleaned I cleaned mine up really fast. And I have... A lot like, of damage, though. I know. We'll nasty. see. We'll see. But, I mean... It was literally, it wasn't going that long. Like, I cleaned it up immediately on it my went, end. It went long enough that your neighbors noticed it. Isn't Called that, the maintenance yeah, guy, and the maintenance yeah. guy came over. You're probably right, and I probably won't get my deposit bag, but yeah. I hope I do. I've been a really good tenant up till this. This was stupid. Yeah. But it was cathartic in a way. A little bit. Uh, good idea. <laughs> so, I, I, don't, I don't want to interrupt your outpouring of joy, but uh, <laughs> just, to, just to say, on the convention note, last week I was at DaishoCon. <gasps> Oh, yes! We've been invited to show there, too. Oh, okay. I've gone there lots of times. Yeah. I liked it better when they were in point. Okay. Go on. Well, I, all I was going to say about it was that I wasn't planning on going there, and I'm not big into anime, although I appreciate it as an art form, including the wonderful 1970s karate, kung fu, pastiche, John Pertwee, Doctor Who story oh, that somebody did in, in anime formats. But... I was on my way back from uh, somewhere to the south of here, and somebody messaged me and said, hey, I see you're passing, can you just stop in and say hello? And that was one of the things that we have to thank Facebook for, because the moment you're just driving past somewhere, Facebook says, hey, don't be in the neighbourhood, why not wait nice. for him and say hello? Anyway, so I thought, okay, well, I'll have a look. So, so where are you? Kalahari Resource at a convention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she didn't actually say, I'm at... Daishokan, which I would have known. I would have known what that was. She just said at a convention. So I thought, oh, it's some boring business convention no. for some insurance company or something like that. Anyway, so of course I, I did Google what convention it was to see what was going on. It's great. And I, I came back and went to the Kalahari Resort. And the first thing I find is they signpost all the parking. So you have to park 20 minutes away from where you actually have to go into the entrance. So I thought, Bugger this for the game of soldiers. I'm not going to park over there. I'm going to drive right up to the entrance and park as close as I can. In fact, I'm going to wait for somebody to drive away from a parking space near the entrance. So I did that. And then I went inside and there were hundreds and hundreds of people in costumes. Mm -hmm. Some good, some not so good. (laughs) And uh, so I was just walking down this corridor and the corridor seemed to stretch for miles but the whole, it does. the whole of the corridor in this, the Kalahari Resort was full of people. And they were just standing there. And I realized that they were all queuing. And so I messaged my friend and said, well, where are you? There's hundreds of people here in odd costumes. And she said, oh, uh, we're in the cosplay performance thing. Yeah, contest. Um, contest, that's yeah. right. So My wife won that one year. Oh, yes. terrific. So, At Daishokan? Yeah. Okay. So I said, okay, so where is that? I said, I'm just with this long line of people. <laughs> she said, yes, that's the line for the cosplay contest. Okay. You should so not thought, be in that line. I thought, okay, I'm going to stand at the back of the line. I'm going to go in there. More accurately, it was the costume creation contest. Yeah, different. But thanks to the, the joys of the internet, I had something to read while I was on there. and People were chatting with me and all the things that normally happen when you pick up your phone these days. 
So um, half an hour seemed to pass a little a little more slowly mm-hmm. um, because I was in this awful queue. And why did you stay in the queue? Because I wanted to see my friends. Okay. And I got to the to the auditorium, and there were two very big chaps there saying one of them one of them was a lady um, <laughs> <laughs> saying. Still a fine chap, though. Don't judge, Kelly. <laughs> saying, Where, where's your special badge? Uh-huh. Had you not picked up your badge said, yet? I do oh, not honey. have a special badge. Oh, no. And, and so she said, you can't come in no, without, you the, can't. without the special badge. No. So I was able to wave at my friend, and then my friend was kind enough to send me pictures of some of the people in the cosplay competition. Which Alex and I did that one year. Which was interesting, but it wasn't really the same as being there. So I decided I was going to go home. So that was my experience. With oh, that. no! So, you know, it would have been nice if somebody in the queue... Dave, there's uh, so much maybe, more! Maybe if there'd been a sign-up saying... You need a badge to get in the queue. I, well, you know, it comes to the point where all conventioners know you have to have a badge. And then the, the other the other option, there's, there's an opportunity for me on uh, this weekend, uh, of course, to go to WizardCon in Madison. Oh, we oh. were invited there as well. We just that the declined. The cool I had gas, free passes. Like yes, That's it is. That's what I'm thinking. Shatz is there. William Shatner and Michelle Nichols. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of other famous people who I don't care about who aren't from Star Trek. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, but but the captain, yeah, and the lieutenant, yeah, we couldn't go. Or I was thinking, if I went there, the sole reason for me going there would be to get a photograph with with Shat. Absolutely, because you can't. You, you can get a signature. No, you can get a photo. It's, it's eighty dollars. Which? How much? Eighty. Oh, they must have added it because I had gone to their site and they had all prices laid out for like signatures and or selfies. Yeah. And they had everybody except for Shatner. Where well, they he's, had... not, he's not under selfies. He's under photographs. So it's a it's oh, a actual uh, portrait session. So okay. Stan, so I actually was there last year, and I was able to get a photograph with Stan Lee. Rest in oh, peace, yes, Mr. So Stan Lee. Yes, that. and I also was able to get a photograph with Simon Tam, Doctor Simon Tam from Firefly, whose name escapes teasing, whose name escapes me at the moment. It's I'm Simon sorry. Tam. Simon Tam from That's Firefly. No, it's not his name. It's his character name from oh. Firefly. But he was so sweet, <laughs> like, and I, I ran into him at the from? McGillicuddy's booth at Wizard World, and we were invited back this year, but we got really late notice, and many of our team members already had scheduled the time for something else, so we weren't able to, but we would have been there as Last Hope LARP representing. Would have been very cool. <laughs> yeah. But I was also able go to able to go to Daishokan for a couple years, and I got to meet Amber Nash, who is the voice of Pam Poovy in Archer, and I got Do to meet... Do they still have the dogs, like the dog, dog mascot? I'm not um, done. And I also got to meet John Michael Tatum, who was the voice of Black Butler. And I got to meet Janet Varney, who is the voice of Korra from Legend of Korra. And yeah. that was Amazing. so exciting. But, but, but William Shatner. William Shatner. Oh, I is know. The William Shatner. No, but he's not. So here's Captain the thing. Captain Kirk. So here's the thing. Captain Actual Kirk. That's I love amazing. you that you're so excited about that. But I'm excited he's... about that. Your stuff I'm not even caring about. I'm sorry. Well, I could have been there for free. Oh, With Last okay. Hope, and I chose not to go because you know who he's not? He is not Spock. He's better than Spock. No. Spock is a support actor. No. Spock is dead. Actor. I'd be scared if they had Spock there. Honestly. I know, but he's the Even one I cared about. He's <laughs> the one who made my life complete, and he's not there. And you know what? Actually, I would have been more excited to be Nichelle Nichols because she really is such a hero role model for women in, in general and women of color, like, to be yeah. in a leadership position by at, at such times. What's that? By getting her job by sleeping with the producer. I agree. I don't I know. I know. Because, you know whatever. She stayed, time. though, when no, she I, wanted to. Oh, and a lot of people said, please stay. I read, um, her, I read her autobiography. Yeah. And it's very good. It's a, it's a yeah. fascinating life. Yep. And she has really taken a very difficult hand that she was dealt in life yep. and made a wonderful career out of it, not just as an actress, but as a singer and entertainer. So, yes, I am in. So, between the I'm two, she actually would have been more. Of... For you, I mean, I, yes, I'm for me. But yeah. she's she's still. But one of the things she points out in in the in her memoir is that she should have been in the captain's chair more often mm-hmm. when Kirk wasn't there. For sure, because she was very senior. So yeah. I think she was. I think she was junior only to Kirk and Spock, and yet so often they just say, "Well, let's put a man there." Of and course, not her. but. No, well, she's, and she was a communications right, officer, right? Right. Which a yes. lot of times you're dealing with new species or whatever, like you think she'd be there 
Oh, of course, yeah. But whatever. She's yeah. there, well, there's so many things in all of Star Trek where you're like, that's not right, but that's fine. No, I mean, d- you let it go because you love them. The, the classic characters did develop more in the films, though, didn't they? Mm-hmm. So we go from having Kirk as this square-jawed, all-American hero to becoming this flawed, more human character in the movies. Yeah. Because... In, in the series, we learn that he passed all his classes and he was the youngest Starfleet captain. And, that, and to me, that makes you hate someone when when they're described like that. But then when he comes in, <laughs> when, in the movies, it turns out that he cheated, didn't he? Uh, didn't he? Yeah. At the, I don't recall that. At the, in the Kobayashi Maru test. Yes. Um, Got it. Oh, so, he didn't cheat. He exploit. Did he cheat? Was that the new one? Or he what? did. He reprogrammed the computer so that he could Shut win. Shut up. Because it was. Was that the newest the, iteration? Was, no, this is this is in um, I don't know. Wrath of Khan. Uh, really? That sort of <gasps> era. But but it that's was not designed, surprising. But it was okay. designed to present the candidates with a no-win yes. scenario yep. to see how they would deal with yep. that eventuality, and he wouldn't countenance not winning. So it says a lot about his character, yes. you know, that he, his determination, and also the fact that he's prepared, prepared to break the rules. Now, initially in the series, we were presented someone with someone who followed the rules. Now in right. the in the in the films, we're presented with someone who breaks the rules and indeed mutinies in order to rescue his friend yeah. Spock. So I much prefer the movie Kirk to the series Kirk. I maybe yeah, maybe I you can see why you like the character. The I can't say I loved movies though. Because I didn't feel like it was like the source material that it was drawing from wasn't respecting it, I suppose. Or canon. Like they blew up a planet that didn't blow up in the original series. And the guy who actually created the movies stated that he was never a Star Trek fan. <gasps> and it sort of showed. Like uh-huh. it showed. Which one do you mean? Talking about the new movies. Well, we, he, that's not what he's talking about. Oh, you're you're talking about No, I'm not talking about the new movies. He's not talking about the new ones. He's talking about the original ones. I'm talking about the motion picture. Wrath of Khan, the search for Did you not see Wrath of Khan? Well they remade it, essentially, with the new movies. Let's not. Please, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I've actually enjoyed the new movies. Too. I have too. I've enjoyed the new movies by I enjoy themselves. Them when I, tell I don't enjoy it's an them. Alternate reality, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which, which you know when you see the real Spock. <laughs> and they have so many who characters in there. It's so great. <laughs> they do. Nicholas yeah. Peck, yeah, uh-huh. the editor from the Long Game. He's a great editor. Uh-huh. Well, and the um, the guy at the beginning who blows up stuff. He's from Simon uh, Pegg, right? Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg. Sorry, yeah, yeah. no, Nick, Nick this is wrong. Nick Nick Pegg is a different writer, director, and performer who does a lot of work with, with Big Finish, the audio Doctor Who's. Got it. Not the same. He's also a Dalek operator. Did you just even up the things on your... Yeah. Because they were like this earlier on. They sure were. I and have and you were He was looking at my boobs. Is what's actually happened here. And no, I'm the same way. Time. I'm like, why didn't you even that out? And you probably right. did. I did. Yeah. I did. No, Absolutely. I was looking at the other things. And that's a that's a problem for men because a lot of ladies tend to wear T-shirts with wording on them. Now, he's talking about my hoodie ties. My hoodie ties were uneven earlier, so I evened them out. So they're laying across my chestal region in an even fashion now. And I and I was not looking at the other things. He was looking at my chestal region and in the process noticed... He was looking at my décolleté... And in the decolletage, but what I'm, what I'm gonna, <laughs> so I don't want to correct your French, but yeah, I'm sure. just, just going to mention that you're wearing a very dark navy blue top. And it's black, in fact. It's, yes, it's, That's it's quite even, dark. even darker than navy blue. <laughs> and you've got these two bright turquoise strings mm-hmm. that are hanging down. Sure. And so they do rather draw attention sure. to that area. And it's, it's the same. Down. Phenomenon. Oh no, David! Yeah, I oh, see. Right. It's the same. It's the same. <laughs> they drawing your attention now, David. Kelly, no, I'm your brother. Please stop. Because your eyes are activating. <laughs> what I was going to say was that you often notice that ladies will wear t-shirts with wording on them, which obviously Kelly's like is an holding her breath and like shaking. That's them. not true. But I was rubbing my um my ties across my breasts. That did happen. Right. So if someone's wearing wording, you're encouraged to read it, aren't you? It's an Especially if the words are like, look at my boobs. Right. And so you look. Direct then, eyes here. And then uh, and then as you look, the other person looks at you and you think, oh my, oh my goodness. This is a they perv. Can't, they can't think that I'm looking at their... Ch- I was reading the words. <laughs> so like in your case, I was, I was looking at the strings for your hoodie. 
Uh-huh. So that's all. Yeah. Whereas in my case, as days. a female, I can actually go up someone's shirt, grab it, and straighten it out and be like, My sister ah. has just pulled my nipple. Yeah, uh, uh, close to. But I was I was demonstrating the art of straightening someone's shirt out. It was like, if you're going to wear a t-shirt with words, whether I know you or not, you better be damn sure I'm going to read it. And if I can't read it, I'm going to make it so it can read it. So if you don't want me, I am. So if you don't want me messing with you, don't wear shirts with words on them because I want to read them. Yeah. I am curious. I am a curious little monkey. Yes. Which one of you fellows has a story? Either of you? Story? Anyone? Story time? You know what? This is one of the things that excites me about having someone new on the show. David. Is that they can offer perspective that neither one of us can. I think oftentimes our stories overlap because Mm -hmm. we grew up together. Mm -hmm. So perhaps there is a story that you could think of that, you know. So you two grew up together. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. I'm pausing it. No, I'm theoretically pausing. I'm not pausing. It hasn't paused. So you two grew up together. We did. We are brother and sister. And coincidentally, you got married. Not a chance. Not even I mean, like I did to someone. I mean, I did as well, but not to my sister. Oh, okay, right. And we were like 16 episodes into this show, so they've heard all of our lame ass stories. I just thought this was a Wisconsin country thing where you married your brother. Closer. This is why you moved to Wisconsin Rapids because that appealed to you. (laughs) Where you're like, I really, really love my sister. If I can convince her to move here, we're in. So speaking of uh, families, what do you kind of communication do you have with your family now that you've moved away? Well, I do try and visit when I can. And sometimes that can be difficult because when I first started visiting Wisconsin, international travel was less expensive. So <laughs> to start off with, I could go, I could fly to Wisconsin. I think it was something like £327 return, which works out probably about, I suppose it's about $500. So it's probably not that much from what it is now. But then that's after a lot of, you know, 20 years of inflation. But then after we had the September the 11th terrorist attacks, mm-hmm. all the security measures went up and then all the air travel went down and all the prices went up. Yep. And then we had another couple of things that added a lot of money onto the, the air travel cost. We had a lot of tax increases and fuel surcharges and it just became very, very expensive to travel. So you have to work out ways of, sh- of shaving off little bits of this cost. So... Booking online and being really careful about how you do it is one way. So you have to know when to book your flight. Mm -hmm. For example, the optimum time is said to be four months before you travel. This is by the the people who work at Mm compareyourfare.com. But it doesn't always work out like that. You just have to know what the cheapest you'll get a particular flight for will be. And then you have to watch for it to hit that particular number. So in my case... I've managed to get a return trip for one person to the UK, include so for two people to yes. the UK because I take my son, um, including a car for around twelve to thirteen hundred dollars. Ouch! And that it's a lot of money, but it's insanely cheap compared to oh, if I just can if if I just went online and booked any weekend to weekend. So or... I, I, right, so you, you travel on a weekday. Um, travel on a weekday, you accept. You return on a weekday. Good layovers. Right. So we didn't go to the Doctor exhibition, but this year I wanted our focus to be on the family. And so we probably had more fun sitting around the table, you know, around the kitchen table, chopping up vegetables or eating food than we did when we were actually visiting the big tourist attractions. Mm. Did your family ever come to the States to visit? Or? Yeah, several of them have. But it's, it, the thing is, because I was the one who moved to a different country, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's a big ask yeah, to sure. ask someone to spend you know, what, you know, $1,200, really, if it's two people, and to come and visit. So my brother did when he was here for the Wikipedia convention. And then my sister... Catherine visited because my niece actually moved to Marshfield. She lived in Marshfield for a few years with her husband. Oh, wow. Wow, why? Well, she met him online, obviously, and she... (laughs) You say obviously. Why is that obvious? In this day and age, it's so much like the default. And so she, she met him online, and she fell in love with him, moved to Wisconsin, and they stayed... Random. 
That's wonderful. And so they they stayed there for about I suppose seven years or something. Oh, and while they were, they went, ended up moving back to England with him. But my sister and my other niece came to visit them, which was really nice because they could stay with with my son and me, mm-hmm. and uh, you know see visit all of us. And then I also had my my cousin. My cousin came to uh, Chicago to see the Dave Gilmore concert. Dave Gilmore from <laughs> Floyd. Yeah. Uh, my cousin is an excellent musician. He's a very good keyboard player. And he said, well, while I'm there, I might as well pop up from Chicago to see you. So he drove the four hours. Nice. And he had a very nice night and day in Wisconsin Rapids. So mm-hmm. I was able to show him the sights. And it was just nice to have someone from there come over here. Definitely. I feel bad, actually. We uh, have a sister that lives out of the state and has for, gosh, over a decade. Mm-hmm. Is that the pretty one? She's so pretty. She's so adorable. She's got the face of a cherub. She's just a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful lady. Yeah. She is, yeah. It's the only one that's not here. Right. Uh, so what you're trying to say is I'm not the pretty sister. Thank you, David. <laughs> no, uh, just, message received. No, the, Fine. Pretty, the pretty one out of your relatives. I think you also have a, a, oh, no, God, no, a like, cousin. You have a cousin. We've got a lot of pretty we have. Oh, my gosh, we do. We do. We have Justin's, Justin's sister. Justin is pretty. Justin's sisters look like supermodels. They're just... Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, no, our cousin Melissa. I was at your wedding, Eric. So that's right. We have so many pretty family members. We just, uh, frankly, we come from good stock, and we are not representative of that. We're not. (laughs) We are not ideal representatives of the family that we come from, but we do come from a very attractive family, which lends itself to lots of insecurities on our part. I guess until I got to the point where I didn't care anymore. Same. But up until that point, it sucked because they're so goddamn pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Casey and James live in Texas now. It's the same sort of thing. Like, they come and visit us far more than anyone else can visit them just because it's really hard to get the entire family to go to Texas, you know, to visit them. And I'm the worst of the bunch because they've all gone to visit my (laughs) sister and James. In my defense, I do work more than full time, so it's hard to get away. Oh, my gosh, he does. He needs a different. Um, but I want to. I'd like to visit them. At, at some point, even if they are in Texas, I would love to arrange a trip to go visit them. Yeah. It's like we never left, you know. And it's particularly nice. There's certain people who I'm absolutely in tune with. And one of those is my son, who's now 16. Mm-hmm. One of those is my brother, who's a little bit older than me. One of those is my nephew. And one of those is my, or was my dad, my late father. Mm-hmm. And you're, when you, uh, my, my late uncle Dave as well, he was someone who, you know, I could talk about Namesake. anything with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are all these folks, except for your son, across the pond? Well, my father and my uncle are deceased, oh, but all the others, sorry. all the others are across the pond. And it's just lovely getting into the room with them because you know that you can talk to them about yeah. theology or chemistry or Doctor Who. Or etymology, or etom- entomology, yeah. and they'll know what you're talking about, and they'll have something to say on the subject. And it won't just be, you know, oh, someone once told me this. They'll have an informed opinion. Yeah. So I love, I love talking to those people in particular. Mm-hmm. But it's not just them. I also have two lovely aunties, and my aunties, both my parents are dead, but they each have a sister still alive, mm-hmm. and both of my aunties remind me of my. Oh, good. Of the, of the person. Oh, how wonderful. So, yes. so it's like when I see my, my auntie Rini, she reminds me of my oh, dad. When I see so my wonderful. auntie Sue, she reminds me of my mum. And obviously they have ways in which they are their own person. Yeah, sure. But it's still nice to spend Having time a piece of them. that person that you right. loved so dearly. And, and, you know, you can see the way they smile. It's, just, <sighs> it's like your mum or your dad and things that you really miss. Okay. It's um, a nice thought to think if anything happened to you that maybe your son would have a relationship with your siblings. What? What? Right? You, you, we don't do that. That's we don't do that sort of thing in England. We don't have relationships with our family. Gross, oh, David. I see what you did. Gross. There. I meant like in, like you have a closeness with your ride. And and to be fair, you told me that that was not true. You told me that cousins still date because it's not taboo in England. Oh right, my my grandparents were cousins, but they weren't Jesus. siblings. I'm using the generic form of relationship as <laughs> you know you oh, relate. Oh, beg pardon. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always, I, I, I always like to have, I go back and have some social intercourse with my family. But then you just the word intercourse. intercourse, which is so much more like grotesque than just <laughs> yeah. relationship. But uh, okay, I think we all understand each other now. No, you're very close with your auntie. I would, I wonder how nice would it be 
if your son <laughs> would have a support network in the worst scenario in which his father was no longer in the picture. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would. David, wouldn't it be amazing I'm if so, you were dead? I'm sure it would. And then him. your son bonded with your siblings. I'm sure it would offer him untold comfort. <laughs> In that they would in some way resemble you in some ways, much like your uncle remind you of your parents. So, yeah, so, so, yeah, so he could say, Good God. well, dad's dead, but never mind, I've got an uncle. Oh, you know, it sounded so beautiful when you described it for your situation, <laughs> and suddenly it's the worst thing in the world to suggest that this could be multi-generational. Right. No, he does He does love spending time with his aunties and uncles. Uh, we were very lucky oh. that my, my brother... Uh, and my brother, you can Google my brother. My brother is the wizard of Wikipedia. So he was the first human, I believe I'm getting this right, the first human to reach one million edits on Wikipedia. Oh my goodness. Wow. So I'm sorry if that sounds a little bit nerdy for this podcast. You're wrong, oh, uh, Yeah, no. Oh, my friend Kelly is actually a pretty huge Wikipedia editor as well. And she's been to many of their conferences because she's a okay. dedicated wiki. Well, they, they they invite my brother to speak at Lithuania. <gasps> no way! Um, and so he goes what to What a nerd! I love it! That's the uh, best. Well, he does have glasses. So, As do you and I. Yeah, As I, does I, Eric. Eric yeah, had LASIK. Don't I, let I him try, fool you. I'm trying to wear contact lenses. I know you do. And then your eyes are dry and you're blinking. and everyone knows you're wearing contacts. Yeah. So... He came over to Washington, D.C., not Washington State. See, I'm, I'm enough of an yeah. American to know the difference. Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> it took most, me many most, years. Most English people only know two places in America, and those are the places where there's a Disney theme park. So <laughs> they, they, all they know is Florida and, and California. Yeah. But my brother came to Washington. I think that's true for a lot of Americans as well. <laughs> My brother came to Washington, D.C. to the Wikimania conference in 2012, and he also... He thought, well, that's America. I can just pop over and visit. Uh, visit oh, Jesus. David. We're huge. Yeah. So, of course, he had to have an, another flight. So, How he naive. was going to Milwaukee <laughs> Airport. Must be so fun, to... like, pronouncing all these locations for someone that from the area. It is, yeah. Menominee. Wakanaka or whatever. Wakanaka. Yeah. Akinamakinawak, yeah. What's up? Makinaw. So anyway, I had to go and pick him up from from Milwaukee and long drive. But he was with us for, I think, three weeks. And it was really wow. great to have him with us because um, he said before he came over, he was worried about me. But after he'd seen the people who I was interacting with here and the people who'd become my friends and who'd helped me, oh. he wasn't worried about me. You are part of an amazing community. You have actively picked a group of people who are are really supportive and committed to community activism. And are you one of those people? Obviously. And she's not biased. Not in the well. No, I I mean David's very socially inclined, and he just is is very. He does a good job of of picking. I'll say that Kelly knows David better than I do, but I do know that he stood in for Justin, which makes him a quality human being in my mind. (laughs) Well, thank you, and. I I don't know what it would be like if I went to another community of the same size. So what would it have been like if I had moved to Stevens Point instead of Wisconsin Rapids? Mm-hmm. Would my life be different? Would I have met a different group of people? Would I have been more engaged in a different aspect of community life? I suspect it would have been different but equal, if you know what I mean. I suspect, on the other hand, if I had gone to live in Chicago or Madison... I don't think I would have had the same support because mm-hmm. in cities, well, rather large cities, because I do live in a small city, in large cities, it's not that people aren't kind or they're not good people, but they just, just seem more Put to up keep more walls. Right. They seem more to keep themselves to themselves. And when I moved here, I thought that was a British thing. But then I have to remember that I come from London, which is one of the biggest cities mm-hmm. in the world with about... 8 million people, and I've moved to a city with 18,500 people. So it could be that if I'd moved from London to a small town of 18,500 people in England, I would have experienced the same warmth and kindness. So I don't know whether it's specifically Wisconsin Rapids, but I, I do think there's something special about it. 
it is worth noting that David goes out of his way to, to be a community activist. He uh, always engages himself in activities that are developed for the betterment of the community. So he does ingratiate himself with a certain type of person. Who and it is does also warm my heart to hear this endorsement of Wisconsin Rapids as it is my hometown. And yeah. does not get a lot of endorsement. So it's awesome. There are many people who, even people who I went to school with, who are like, there's nothing to do there. It's such a crap town. You know what? It's not true because there's so many incredible people there. Like it's not, there are so many people who care and that's a beautiful thing. Do we have meth dealers? You bet we do. Yay. Yeah, same with every town. Yes. Because that's not unique to Wisconsin. Rapids. Not at all. Do we have people with drug problems? You bet we do. That is not Rapids exclusive, but it's where you choose to put yourself. It's where I you think choose it's one of those grass and greener situations where yeah. I think it is. Yes, yeah. a lot a lot of people who will say bad things about the city have not lived anywhere else, and they they often say, "Oh, well, I, they I haven't been back for years." It's it's well, a, the well, people, people that I hear from. Yes, yes, it's people who like left after high school and then haven't come back. It's changed so much because when I was in high school it really was quite tedious there was not a whole lot to do beyond sex drinking or drug it was very I didn't do any of those well and I didn't really I don't think I well I drank but there there wasn't a whole lot going on but they've really worked she failed hard to mention that there was a perfectly good library I loved the and library. I spent a lot of time there. It's library. the best library I've still been to. Mm-hmm. I've been to so many libraries around Wisconsin. Um, I can't at this point remember if I've been to libraries in other states. I assume I have, but the library in Wisconsin Rapids is so phenomenal. It's got a theater in it, like a community theater type stage theater that you can both screen movies and do plays on. It and has, yep. It's got, oh gosh, yeah, so much stuff. And they do that for the community. They run movies. They have art, artists and musicians in. They have comedians Kelly in. Kelly explains they how that when I was younger, in. I was sort of a hooligan. And I would skip class in junior high and go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would too. I would yeah. skip as a senior and I would also go to the library. Um, yeah, we're very hardcore. It's, <laughs> we're thugs. It's one of only three libraries in Wisconsin with solar power. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a whole roof covered with uh, solar panels now. It's got a coffee house. It has. It has everything is internet ready. Everything is very high speed internet because mm-hmm. we are one of the fastest rural communities for internet in yep. Wisconsin Rapids. If you've ever used Accelerated Reader, or your children have used Accelerated Reader, that company that created that software started in Wisconsin Rapids. No and way. And it's still in Wisconsin Rapids. Headquarters yeah. still yeah. Rapids. Renaissance Learning currently valued, I think, at about $1.3 billion following, mm-hmm. so, following some investment from Google mm-hmm. and still selling all over the world. Uh, ever heard of Betty Boot, reader from Wisconsin Rapids? That's right. And for several years, I was the the chairman or the co-chairman of the Betty Boot Festival for Wisconsin Rapids. That's amazing. And, we, um, <laughs> Good and uh, yeah, so the, it, it was actually the, the co-creator of Betty Boop and the lead animator, Grim Natwick, who came from Rapids. And he was a remarkable man because he worked with all of the major animation studios of the 20th century. And he died aged, I think he was 100 years old. Um, When he was 100, he came to visit the Pixar people. He came to visit the Pixar studio. And That's such a fun, he interesting went around story. And they showed him. And this is a man who'd been around since the beginning of film. <laughs> you know, he'd been hand drawing frames and you know working with people like Walt Disney and Obi Works and Chuck Avery, all these all these people. Sorry, Tex Avery, yeah. and Chuck Jones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he'd been working with all these people, and suddenly he was shown computer animation, and he went round and saw everything, and he put his finger on the one problem that they'd all been struggling with, which is how you make their faces expressive. Mm-hmm. Because that's that was the problem that all these, yeah. these sort of technologically minded people have been struggling with. So he was very perceptive, very good at drawing women. He went to an art school in Vienna to to hone his drawing abilities, and that's why he was uh, one of the one of Walt Disney's choices to draw Snow White in Snow White and the Seven <laughs> Dwarfs. Awesome. What was it? What was the problem with drawing expressive faces? Do you know? Well, when you have a computer animation, it's difficult to give it character. You have That's to been... you have to work out which facial features you have to move, mm-hmm. and how you have to make them convey a, an appearance of humanity. And and this was this was around the time when they were still doing things with um, 
table lamps. Really. You know, <laughs> yeah. before they got to the stage they're at now. Yeah. But no, he was a remarkable man. That's why we had the Betty Boop Festival. Is um, that still a going thing? Because I thought well, I thought it stopped for a couple of years, and then well, I thought it started back up. What What happened was it was formed as a result of there was a big effort for renewal in Wisconsin Rapids yeah. over ten years ago before I moved here. Okay. And there were two big movements that evolved from that. One was the downtown renewal and the other was the Betty Boot Festival. Mm-hmm. A lot of the downtown renewal is done now. They've uh, replaced a lot of the paving and roadway and the street lamps mm-hmm. in our downtown area. And uh, the Betty Boot Festival, the idea was to bring inward investment. And we did bring a lot of inward investment. We got a lot of sponsorship money, a lot of donations, and we brought people to the city. So... That went on for a couple of years, and then some of the people who supported it decided they wanted to support other things. Yeah. And so for the third year, it was a little bit difficult, and we put on a smaller-scale film festival. We had the Grim Matwick Film Festival. Okay. And then we decided not to do it anymore after that, but we're still working on a memorial to Grim Matwick, but that's not been announced yet, so that's something that will be forthcoming. And that will be in addition to the Brown historical plaque that's outside the museum showing that Grim Natwick comes from there. There was uh, an effort to remount the festival this year from the Chamber of Commerce, but I don't think it happened. I think it was supposed to happen while I was actually in England. Have you interacted with the Encourage Community Foundation at all? About? The festival? Well, we did because I got some grants from them for for two or three years running. I got grants from them. One of the things that I wanted to do was to bring more children in and to have more children's events. And they were very kind in giving us grants to expand some of our activities. Mm. So we had a children's party down by the river. And then I I ran some animation classes in the library. Uh, One of the wonderful things about it was we had all these organisations cooperating so we had the chamber of commerce encourage community foundation the library the community theater the cultural center nice i'm probably leaving someone out and i'll kick myself when i remember this <laughs> but you know all these organizations were coming together and you know with all the people we we're having a fun weekend and also raising money for the community and celebrating one of its most famous sons so yeah, it was a good thing, and it did some good while it was on, and hopefully it will come back, but it's not something that I'm working on anymore. Okay. Well, I am proud of Wisconsin Rapids, and I think you were definitely oh, a, a wonderful addition to the Oh, area. well, thank you very much. I really is. But anyways, thank you for sharing your story. It's very cool that you're with us, and thank I appreciate much. you contributing. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and to our brother, Charlie Milky and Death of a Ladies' Man from Minnesota for our music. If you want uh, helpful family input, you can email us at onefandamily at gmail.com with tough love in the subject line. If you like what we do, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you'd like to support us, like, rate, and subscribe over on iTunes or head on over to our Patreon page and donate. It really makes a difference. And if you'd like to send us anything, you can use P.O. Box 406, Wisconsin 54467. Cacao. <laughs> what's new with Kelly? Yeah, I wanted yeah, to know. Gosh, Kelly? hey, let's ask. Okay, well, so I had... <laughs> well, that was a good story. All right, tough love. I think... No, I was going to say, I think my daughter removed my piece of paper. It's right in front of me. I'm a okay. dumbass. Okay. She did nothing. She's an angel.